fun that guys. I'm down. <laughs> you guys ready to go? I'm good. Want to start early? Uh, yeah. 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 That's a little ahead. So. Yeah. No more questions? <laughs> I actually get terrible stage fright. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I do this. All right. Then I guess we're going to get started. Andrew, are you ready to rock and roll? I never use rock and roll like that. This is new for me. Okay. Hello. Good morning, everyone. We're the Waffle Press Podcast and guests. I'm your host and moderator, Diego Crespo. Uh, there's only a handful of people here, so let's just, if we could bring it in, like, I just kind of want to hang out. I promise no one, no one's going to embarrass you. No one's nothing. We're, we're a bunch of nerds who just talk about movies, so we kind of embarrass ourselves. Let's just make this a conversation. There's, it's not a big enough crowd to really pick and choose from people. So, yeah, good morning. How's everyone doing? Everyone join the con? Yeah? Thank you. Thank you very much. Again, I'm your host, Diego Crespo, uh, co-creator of The Waffle Press, and we just like to talk about movies and TV shows and comics, and so LA Comic Con is perfect for us for that very reason, but uh, our conversations, this is actually kind of perfect because we just like hanging out and talking about movies and stuff, so if you ever like want to chime in with a response or whatever, like I actually kind of encourage that. Uh, I'm going to introduce the rest of the panel right now. First up is my co-creator and very good friend, Gina Versa. Mm -hmm. I've been with this guy a long time, so... Thank you. He's always looking out for me. Yeah. And then next to him is Cruz Castillo. Hi. And then at the very end is Andrew Salazar. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. All right. How are you guys doing this morning? Pretty good. I'm good. awake. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I had coffee, so I feel great now. Um, I also feel great because we're going to talk about superhero stuff. And fun fact, this is actually the last time anyone on the planet will be able to talk about superhero movies ever again. Avengers Endgame happened, so... It's over. There's, there's no more movies. It, it's, it's done. So you're very lucky to be here for that. Cinema is dead. Cinema. Oh, yeah, we're all here because Martin Scorsese, we agree with that, right? That's, that's <laughs> specifically why we're at a pro-superhero panel? Okay, good. Um, so after, after this, uh, I just wanted to really look at why we like superheroes, whether we agree with their fictional methods. And I want to talk a little bit about why... Um, like, I, I personally, just to get a little, like, real with everyone right now, because there's not too many people here, I feel fine to open up. I've been getting a little cynical about superhero movies, uh, and I, I kind of wanted to take a look back why, and this panel's kind of my excuse to do that with a bunch of good friends. So, um, let's talk about a little bit our favorite versions of superhero movies. So, Gene, uh, we're talking about film adaptations today. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what is your favorite adaptation of a superhero like, yeah. in any film or television medium. Sure. Um, so my favorite character is Batman. Always loved that character growing up, and I feel the Nolan movies really captured the essence of him. Not the sup not the uh, superness of him, for sure, because he's very grounded, but the morality and all the choices that he makes are uh, very well thought out and well written. And, you know, morality has to do in every, like, third act of that movie and how he chooses to be this uh, symbol and I don't know about Dark Knight Rises but mostly all of them <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about that yeah. do, do we all like Dark Knight Rises here? raise, yeah. raise hands like anyone? Okay, I rewatched it recently that movie holds the 
fuck up. I'm telling you. I, I could pitch why that's the best Batman movie, but I'm not going to today. There's no time. Cruz, what's your favorite adaptation of a, of a superhero? Ah, um, in, <laughs> if it's the same no. one as Gene's, I will you can't, say You can't go choose ahead. the same no, one. <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about Superman, but I feel like that might be a little too easy. So I'm going to choose Daredevil because he's sitting there as if my subconscious was like, pick him. So it's actually uh, Mac Ox and the, Dare, the Marvel Daredevil Netflix TV show that they shouldn't have changed. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. I just think. Um, I never got bored any of the seasons, and I think that's a big thing for me. Like, uh, if there's ever a moment where I feel like you're letting me down, even in the moments where it was people conversing or talking about things, I was like, oh, I'm still piqued and interested in this. And uh, I like that they approached the show um, as like a lost show first, as like trying to figure out a mystery or a thriller, and then it just happened to be a superhero show second. So uh, I just feel like that reflected Matt a lot, because I feel like Matt is a lawyer first and Daredevil second even though Daredevil uh, is a bigger part of his life, I feel sometimes. Yeah. It's Daredevil show. That's a good choice. Daredevil season three is like the best television season ever. Yeah. Just gotta yeah. say. For sure. That's, That's actually why I'm... It's criminal it. that that was canceled. Yeah. That was a terrific season of television. But, but it's, it's also really dope that it ended in such a high and powerful note. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of so. glad. I'm like, well, oh, oh, God. Don't spoil. Oh, okay. okay. You, no spoilers. You're, you're in for a very pleasant surprise. That's all I'll say. Okay. Andrew, you got... It's okay, I haven't seen season three either. Andrew, shame what on us, shame on us. It's okay, I'll show them. No, just shame on you. You're on the panel. <laughs> I'm not talking about Daredevil. No. Oh, okay. I will give some rep uh, to some people in the, in the crowd. Uh, I wanted to highlight Captain America, and I just think it's really fascinating, just the character in general, and I really do believe, I think all of us coming to like conventions and even showing up this panel, like we've all probably heard the sentiment that like the comic book genre is kind of lowbrow, and it has that like negative... Uh, like stigma to it that like unfortunately like we can't really get rid of it but it's either different crowds view it as lower because it's like people think it's like made for kids even though it's not because I think some somebody like Captain America should actually like be taught like in schools and stuff to the sense that the fact that this character that I don't think it's like controversial to say started off as like war propaganda when he first debuted in the early 1940s has managed to become such like a, a big face of like our modern pop culture. It's just like insane to believe that like he literally started off is like the first comic is probably no different than like like a war propaganda poster that you would see like like on a street wall. Even though obviously it was made differently because it's like centered for like younger audiences and there's like more depth to it. But like just like the image itself is like him punching Hitler like around that time. Like come on, like they were obviously trying to like sell a message. Even though it's a good message, I think. I can speak for the entire panel that we all want to punch Hitler. Oh, yeah, this, is a, this is a pro-punching Nazis podcast. Yes. So. Um, but um, it's just really fascinating that a character that started off at that point has now become such, like, a high staple of our, like, of our media. But I think that's because of, like, what he stands for and, like, the morale behind him. That's what I want to highlight today. But, of course, I'm going to go with choosing the boy for sevens because I think that he really captures the essence of what made that character get from point A to point B. You want to highlight that. And for my pick, uh, they all know who it is. It's, it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's been my boy since kind of day one. Uh, I love the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man particularly. Uh, no, this is not a Tom Holland slander podcast either. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Um, but I love the working class angle of the Sam Raimi trilogy a lot, even Spider-Man 3, which is kind of my other Dark Knight Rises situation. <laughs> That's all I'll say for now. Uh, but just how his struggles are, you know, he fights Dr. Octopus, he fights the weird sand monster, he fights the Green Goblin, and who doesn't love crazy-ass Willem Dafoe. But his, his problems are like, I can't make rent, I can't get home on time to help Uncle Ben, oh, I got my uncle killed, like, they're very working class problems, you know, and I feel like that's something that's still not that common in superhero movies. Uh, I, I think, weirdly enough, the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of get close, and those are like in space, but they're like hopping from job to job, and there are other big yes. problems besides like God or like mm -hmm. space bikers. <laughs> and like, yeah. I don't know, I just think it's weird. But um, yeah, just something about the humanity in, in the Spider-Man character uh, in the Raimi trilogy really speaks to me. I think it's why those films are so like emotionally resonant and still very powerful. But, I don't know, that's, that, that's really where I, I kind of come from. And uh, one of our upcoming topics is the, the big question, whether or not superheroes should kill, you know? Like, this is fiction, this is fantasy, but at the end of the day, like, you're, if you're taking a life, like, that's kind of a big deal. And I feel like a lot of these movies kind of rush that into the table. Not all of them need to address it head on. Like, again, Guardians of the Galaxy, they're a bunch of assholes, they're space criminals. So, you know, like, I'm not going to apply those rules to those guys that I'm going to apply to Spider-Man. Because personally, I don't believe Spider-Man should ever kill. He is a teenager from, from Brooklyn. who uh, A Queens. Oh, no, that's bad. I lost my cred right there. Um, I was thinking Captain America because Andrew hyped him up really well. But, like, I, I don't want to see that dude take a life, which is funny because, like, every villain in every Spider-Man movie keeps, like, dying until the Tom Holland ones. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's always, like, it's a genuine tragedy when they die in these films. You know, it's like I, I want to save... Um, uh, Dr. Octopus, like, he's a, he's a broken man who lost his mind under, like, severe tragic circumstances, you know? Or a Green Goblin, uh, who's, like, a genuinely bad person before he becomes the Green Goblin. But it's, it's still, like, a, a loss to him, you know? Like, the loss of a father figure, the loss of someone who, who's, at the end of the day, like, just a, a broken human being who he couldn't end up saving. And so, this is not, like, a shocking revelation, but in the Dark Knight trilogy... Batman ends up killing people a couple times. Roundabout, yeah. In a roundabout way. And I'd, I'm actually not like against that. Uh, the big question is always like, well, why doesn't he kill the Joker, you know? Like in Batman vs. Superman, he's like stabbing people left and right. And I'm actually like, <laughs> I have a weird fascination with that movie. But then he doesn't kill the Joker. And that's like, if you're going to kill anybody, you think you might want to like go there. Bless you, by the way. Uh, so, Gene, what are your thoughts on Batman killing? Because I feel like you have a take on this. I do have a take. Yeah, um, I think he just shouldn't kill. Um, the I iconography of Batman is he's like the antithesis of crime. Um, he was born. It, he was born um, when his parents were killed, and I think that really resonates with him. That his whole like meaning in life is rooted in murder and someone close to him getting killed and I just I can't see him like taking a life because you know well I think the Joker thing outside of that makes it le it's less interesting if he just kills everyone um, but yeah just the fact that Batman I mean going off the Nolan movies where he's this symbol to Gotham um, if he kills someone kind of corrupts that and I feel that looking at it like logically as a character him using guns or like him using a gun 
uh, To Kill Someone, that wouldn't really make sense, since he's, like, essentially a post-traumatic stress victim. I mean, um, you know, I think a gun would traumatize him, bring out some sort of uh, trauma if he used it. And, um, yeah, I mean, the way in the Nolan movies, the his dad installed, or Thomas Wayne, who's actually a good person in those movies, not like in Joker, where he's just a, just a asshole. Did, did everyone watch Joker yet or no? Okay. No, they're, they're, okay, right. so we're not going to oh, explain oh, no. anything on we're that. I think we might actually be divided on that movie up here anyways. Probably. So. Yeah, I just feel that his whole, his whole operation is just acting as a, like a living, breathing ideology and he should follow the examples that he sets and should even follow to Joker as well. Uh, just on the panel, what do you guys think about Batman killing? Yeah, go for it. We can go. <clears throat> um, I, I feel it. Do it. I'm actually really torn about whether Supergirl should kill or not. Um, I understand that a lot of them are trying to augment a system that they believe, sometimes they believe works, uh, but I believe a lot of it is like a another fictional characters, but I believe a lot of it's like socioeconomic level things, like is someone like Luke Cage going to experience justice before someone like a white privileged Bruce Wayne is going to be able to experience mm. or get privilege for these people, and that includes like paying off people to help do the right thing so, I don't know, I believe that sometimes a lot of these people are going to get outside the law, especially the law that doesn't work for them, and sometimes a response of just making sure you take out the evil to make sure the evil doesn't continue even if you do feel like it uh, morally compensates you, sometimes I do feel it is necessary. Like sometimes I do agree with Frank Castle. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, the law definitely doesn't work, and it's definitely not on your side, unless you're rich, white, privileged, and powerful. <laughs> like, it's not going to work for you. That's why I'm, I'm very happy you chose Daredevil. Because yeah. I, I think more than most, like, he's not even my favorite. I love him, but he's not, like, my dude. Mm-hmm. But he's like kind of the embodiment of what I consider to be one of the perfect superheroes, because he's like, oh yeah, lawyer, so law-abiding citizen, but <laughs> uh, Catholic lawyer, by yeah. the way. And then at night he dresses up like the dare, dare a devil, the devil, the yeah. antithesis of yeah. like Catholicism, yeah. Yeah. and he's a vigilante. So there's like this really interesting like duality with the character that I find fascinating. So um, yeah, and uh, the, the Punisher arc in season two of Daredevil's really I think does a good job at like. Kind of yeah. making those ideologies con- conflict like that. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. Well, I think one of like the major reasons why we all gravitate to like heroes. Well, I can say for myself, I'm probably majority of us that we first started liking these characters when we were younger because we were exposed to them by either television, film, comics, literature, whatever it may be. We were all exposed more or less to these characters at a young age because because they've been around for such a long time. Like, there's just this is how it works. So I feel when I was younger. The reason why I like Spider-Man, Captain America, etc., Batman, mm-hmm. is because I wanted to like be them to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Like I wanted to picture myself swinging across the city or throwing batarangs or like throwing the the sticks around like without with my eyes closed. But and I feel like if a part of that, I when I when I picture myself being Spider-Man, I don't picture myself killing people because I'm a kid <laughs> and I, I shouldn't really be thinking about those things. But I. For the sake of like like being a storyteller, I do think that I I don't think this conversation should be like black or white because the only way to like make characters they've survived for like decades and decades of storytelling, you gotta spice it up every now and then. You can't just have 
these people like sticking like you gotta like establish their code and you gotta figure ways how to test it how to break it and I'm not saying that means okay every 10 years Batman can kill one person like that's <laughs> not what I'm saying but like if you can make a story that can play with that theme and that can test the characters in new ways that we haven't seen before and it has to deal with killing someone as long as you handle it with enough uh, like thought then I think you could possibly pull it off right and it has been done before it's not like this is like taboo to us, but mm-hmm. I think it's just really funny that this conversation only like it, it kicks off with Batman. But like <laughs> if we've seen like the Captain America movies, he's like straight up murdered people without like thinking twice, even though they've been Nazis. So we're like, okay, we don't think about it because cool, like it's Hydra, kill him, like throw him off a plane, like thousands of feet into the sky, like throw him into like a, I mean, in the first Avengers, but there's oh, like, a yeah. guy who has like like probably like the most the most brutal death. In the MCU? Yeah, that's not yeah. like a The Indiana character. Jones homage when he falls into the, the propeller. Yeah, that's There's like pretty. blood in that scene? Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Like, it's cool. What are you doing, Kevin Feige? We like, <laughs> I'm down with that, but if Batman were to do that, people would flip their minds right away. You know? I, I think, if I can interject, like, the big reason for that, like, for me, like, Captain America makes sense for him to kill because he's a soldier. Exactly. You know? yeah. And that's not always like, you know okay for him to kill everyone i'm just saying like it makes sense he's fighting like a different battle than say spider-man or daredevil or batman who are generally street level heroes you know like this it's more complicated than war for not that war itself isn't complicated but i think i, I hope i make myself clear or like i don't want to see batman just chopping up dudes left and right but how funny would it be if he did have that one night every 10 years and he just gets ready he like hoods up and he's it's like, like the purge, tonight, tonight. Like bat purge. purge. Yeah. Bat purge. And everyone just stays inside up. it's like a straight yeah. horror movie Needs to get he's out of uh, the yeah. street. Yeah, and yeah. no one's breaking any laws, and he's yeah. like just losing his mind. Someone like jaywalks, and they're like, <laughs> no, I don't want to steal that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch it for the, the DC Black Label. Black Label. Oh, yeah. Just out of curiosity, uh, at a show of hands, who is pro superheroes killing? Like, generally, when you think of superheroes, you're like, that's not a big deal for me. Anybody? Hands, hands, hands. Two, three. Big Punisher, man. Big Punisher. I, I like Punisher too, but you know, I, it's also like horrifying. It was like a semi-four. <laughs> yeah, okay. semi-five. I, I, I think that's Harry. generally where we're at. There's a couple uh, hand raises over here, you psychopaths. But uh, <laughs> I, I think case by case basis is really where I'm at too. You know, like Captain Marvel, for example, is like fighting wars in space. So that's like a whole other dimension that I don't even think anyone's yeah. technically qualified to talk about, unless they're like in the movie. <laughs> that's like that, I don't even know where to begin with that. But, um, yeah, case by case, probably for that. Uh, I, I think, for me, the big thing uh, also with Captain America is that, yeah, he's not just killing Nazis. Like, Hydra are super Nazis. Like, the movie pivots them as, oh, they're even taking out the Nazis. That's how bad they are, <laughs> right? Like, that's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I feel like we overlook a lot. And one of the least interesting things I think they did with the character moving forward is that they didn't have him, like, confront well, what else, like, do I fight? Like, yeah, of course, kill all the Hydra people. Like, they're the worst people ever. But then, like, they jump immediately to him fighting Iron Man, and I feel like there's a misstep in there that they could have explored. Like, like yeah, we see all the Hydra revelation. Oh, they were in the government. And, like, that's, I, I love Winter Soldier, but, like, what if there was just people who were doing bad outside of Hydra? Like, just a greedy corporate capitalist dude. Like, I can't beat this guy by throwing him into another propeller, as awesome as that would be, so how could I, like, work within the confines of the law, or, like, what laws do I have to break if they're stopping me from stopping someone who's hurting other people? Like, that's a generally interesting idea to me, just having to see them confront reality in a way we don't often see them. 
So I don't know. It's just, what, what do you think about, um, what, what do these heroes stand for? So we've talked about Captain America and Batman a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cruz for Daredevil, what, what is your I- ideal story for something like that? Like, we got the Ben Affleck movie, we got three seasons of television, God but, God. you know, what, 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 do you, what do you think I about I will not him? reference the Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, You're not a fan? There is some striking imagery yeah. in that movie. What about the director's cut? <laughs> the action scenes in that are good. No. Um, yeah, Sorry. especially the part where they're fighting in the park, him and Jennifer Garner. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry um, you guys don't like the fun. True cinema. Um, I like, like, I don't know if y'all remember, but in the first season, can I say, did you guys see the first season? I remember you saying that. Okay. <laughs> remember he pushes someone over the rooftop and they <laughs> land in the trash bin? I like that because I feel like, uh, you know, Matt doesn't, I said Matt Cox earlier, it's Charlie Fox. But it's Matt Murdock. Um, and you're still sitting there as like my subconscious. I just That's my favorite dude. He was I the first one here. Like, how you're seeing through that thing is amazing. Maybe you don't. Wow. Um, I feel like he pushes the line sometimes because again, I believe that um, he's always quoting Thurgood Marshall, but I believe that he does believe in the law system, but through learning and getting to know the United States law system, he realized it's broken and it doesn't serve everybody. And Matt Murdock to me um, fights, I mean, he, does, he fights in Hell's Kitchen, and Hell's Kitchen to me is a lot of uh, Latinos and people of color. And uh, I love that Matt speaks Spanish in the first season. And, like, he gets, I feel like he fights for people of color that he knows the system doesn't work for. And I believe that sometimes he knows that he will have to cross the line of breaking laws. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's Daredevil, so his Catholicism is, like, there, but kind of challenged by him literally dressing like a devil. But I do believe that he challenges whether you should kill them all the time. There's and a reason he's like, you know, an emotional mess all the time. Exactly, yeah. And I don't feel it's just because of the law system. I feel like what stops him from killing is his belief or faith in God and that morally you shouldn't, quote unquote, take a life according mm-hmm. to the Bible. Ten, ten Commandments. Yeah. yeah. All that good stuff. Um, so I do, I do like Matt. I do like that he's constantly conflicted and that he doesn't. He's trying to find this balance while at the same time he ultimately does still fight and stand up for a system that he's trying to help him better because he knows that the law doesn't always work. So if the law is not going to work for me, I'm going to take the law into my own hands to inflict justice, I guess. So, I don't know, like the famous hallway scene where he's fighting all those dudes, like he literally flings a TV at a guy's head. I don't think that guy's coming back from that. Like, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that guy, that guy's dead. And I think Matt just, he gets in those rages and sometimes he just knows these people will not have to face this. Like Wilson Fisk, even though, oh, damn. Can't talk to um, Yeah. Season three is just really good, okay? Just trust me on this. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't always think that's super real. I agree with the people that half-heartedly raise their hands and I know it's because it's, murder and killing and it's you know quote unquote yeah. bad and stuff like that and uh, I know superheroes are supposed to be morally better to stand up for things and represent the higher selves that we can be but I like when they are human I do like when Batman is challenged and I mm. do like a Batman that after years of service to Gotham kind of breaks and kind of does like bends yeah. bends the rules I mean yeah that's like in Dark Knight Returns like he doesn't 
Like, even the Joker, he never, in that scene in Dark Knight Returns, he snaps Joker's neck enough to paralyze him, but he still can't, like, kill him. And I find, like, that really interesting, because, you know, uh, when Diego said, yeah, that person, you could argue, like, maybe you could kill him, but he still just can't, like, go to an inch to the left, because it's, like, I feel... Like, in that scene, like, even Joker, like, he still can't find something to kill him. But, like, he's, like, throwing people into, like, electrical signs and things. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. which you might not also walk away from. Probably yeah. not. Saying. Yeah. But, yeah. There's also a discussion yeah. to be had about, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to push him to his breaking point by beating the shit out of him. So he's never going to walk <laughs> again. And it's like, well, that's not killing him. But maybe that's not okay either all yeah. the time, you know? Like, if a dude doesn't walk again, it's... Yeah, Batman constantly <laughs> tortures people. And, like, how's he always going to know the specific limit to stop? Because everybody's different. And you, you, you brought up the, the idea of, like, a, a broken Batman. And I have a weird fascination with BVS. I don't know if I think it's good or bad. I just, <laughs> like a I just morbid like curiosity. It. It's, yeah, it's a morbid curiosity. <laughs> and, like, I'm not against the idea of Batman just going hog wild. Like, I don't want to see that become the definitive version of the character. Yeah, like, you shouldn't take your five-year-old to see BVS. <laughs> I had a, I, I'll never forget. Opening weekend, I was like, Man of Steel wasn't my thing either, but I'll check it out. And then, like, a family of three just got up and left in the middle of BVS because it's, like, an oppressively dark movie. And I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. I'm going to stick around for the rest. And whatever. I don't know. I have, maybe I have a weird sense of humor. I think Ben Affleck redeemed himself in BVS. Ben Affleck it was, a, I think, a good Batman. Who, who liked Ben Affleck as Batman? Actually, out of everyone, who liked BVS? Just out of curiosity. I, I kind of expected that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I see you four. I got you. But, um... I think that we shouldn't be against telling these kind of stories. Like, it's not even getting the spoilers for Joker for a lot of people that haven't seen it, but I'm not against a movie that goes dark. I'm against a movie that is non-committal with its ideas. And I think sometimes these movies go dark and, like, look at all these people that they're killing. Isn't that so, like, Edgy. dark? And, Edgy. man, it's like, this is a really dark movie. This is, that means it's serious. And, like, I don't... I don't know. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a serious movie. Yeah. I think Spider-Man 2 is a serious movie. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is generally... It can be serious at times. It's like a light-hearted comedy, but I don't think it's serious art is better than any other art, you know? Like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is just as much validity as The Dark Knight. Totally different movies, obviously. Maybe hold off on telling your kids Dark Knight until they're like <laughs> 10 yeah. or something. So, a movie is not rated R. It just... Watch any violent scene in that movie, and you're kind of like, ooh, I don't know if that would, if they would not rate it R nowadays. Um, so we talked about a little bit about the, the no-kill rule, what these heroes stand for. This is the most popular genre of film in the world right now, and for a genre that's so often filled with, like, underdogs and people that have to strive for greatness against better odds... I feel like the inverse has kind of happened with reality. Like, remember, we've got to remember these are fictional characters, and I don't actually think Martin Scorsese's right at all about, like, the... Nope. These are not cinema. I just I think that's a little silly. Uh, nope. He's Martin Scorsese. He can say whatever he wants. Yeah. You know? Like, he, he earned his bones. I'll still watch Goodfellas, like, 90 times oh, yeah. this year. The Departed. The I'll Departed. i Departed a dozen times a day if I could. But I do think there needs to be a more open discussion about the idea of, like, these movies... There's only three or four Marvel movies a year, but they're still also, like, taking up the, the glut of the conversation, you know? Like, it's kind of hard to, like, I saw, I don't know, what, what, what did you see recently that wasn't a superhero movie that, like, took up the conversation the same way? Oh, 
You Gemini man? Gemini. Oh, yeah. I was trying to make this a Gemini man podcast. I saw a Gemini man and I loved it. It was I'm the one person who rated it positive on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> if I had a Rotten Tomatoes account. They're paying I, I you off. One. Yeah, no, no. Gemini. I want movies to just. I, I liked it, too. Actually, you know what? I have a yeah. talking point about this. Gemini Man I liked a lot because it is a movie that like wants to go against the grain and be like, here's what digital cameras can do that no one's taking advantage of. Let's experiment and push it further. Like, isn't it great when a superhero movie does that? Like when the Dark Knight came out, it was revolutionary. Oh, when yeah, Iron Man is like, oh, we're gonna make a shared universe. Mm-hmm. So we didn't like that, you know? And your mileage may vary like as time goes on, but it's nice when things push the medium in a different direction. That that's all I like, you know? And I, I think that's uh that can start getting a little rare if it becomes the norm, is all I'm saying. So I guess my question is, does that change your perception of the movies in any way? Like I'll start with Gene. Like, do you ever get kind of turned off about that? Um, not, not particularly. Um, I, I feel maybe a little like, you know, for certain genres where I feel like you shouldn't maybe cite like a superhero film for like if you're talking about westerns like your favorite western like the no, like the norm of the genre of western is like logan even though i love logan i feel like you know maybe see like shane or like uh the good the bad and the ugly um yeah i i think that sometimes like with like logan or the with joker i feel like um you know, almost this, like, copying of, like, genres um, and, like, pasting on, like, a superhero film and saying, you know, just because it's copying this genre, it's a more serious film. But, like, yeah, like you, you were saying that, like, superhero movies, they're, like, a, you know, they're art on themselves. So, yeah, sometimes I'm just a little, like, not frustrated. Well, a little frustrated by... Uh, I'm always frustrated. Yeah, you're always frustrated. You're a bad guy. But, yeah, I, just, I feel like that. But, no, I don't, no. No. Um... First off, with Scorsese and like Spielberg and all their stuff, and they keep uh, challenging the new generation of filmmakers, I just find it funny that at one time they were the new generation of filmmakers, uh-huh. and a lot of the previous, the older generations didn't like them, no. and would constantly challenge the stuff they were making and not call it art. And uh, you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's what, oh, yeah. (laughs) I do feel like that's what's happening because here they are ragging on all this, like, for a while, I feel a couple years ago, they were ragging on Netflix and Amazon projects. Uh, Spielberg was, yeah. Yeah. But then he was working with, like, Apple TV. Well, hold hold up. There's an addendum to that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Spielberg was saying that he doesn't really consider those movies, they're directed to TV movies. Mm -hmm. He got his bone starting, like, he directed Duel, and that's, like, a terrific television movie he just yeah. never played in theaters until after everyone saw it and they're like this is theater quality what are you doing yeah um it's ironic so, but yeah it's, it's it's a little weird i think it's a gray area personally with spielberg but he wasn't shit talking all of netflix just yeah. like he thought their movies were invalid the for like academy awards and stuff which right. i also think is silly yeah and it's also funny because yeah. scorsese was almost going to do joker i don't know if you'd be saying those like comments if he directed joker was he, was he um, going to direct or he just was, produce? There was, he, was um, gonna... he was going to produce, but then there was like talk of him directing. Oh, I think they wanted him to. Yeah, they wanted him to And then him. he like read the script and was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go make my four-hour epic Irishman. about Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Which I'm very excited for. I'm not... I would yeah. never smack talk to Scorsese. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if I'm the only person in this room that remembers like this talk, and it's kind of like tied down a little bit, but I remember, I think it's like when Age of Ultron came out and how it didn't perform as well as the first one, even though it didn't flop, but it didn't do yeah. as much. People were starting to talk about, oh, when is this 
comic book movie bubble gonna burst. Like, the fatigue. Give it a few more years, and like no one's gonna be seeing these movies anymore. And it's just kind of crazy to think that like this year a comic book movie is like became like the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. And it's like we we started having this conversation. It's like, oh, when is it gonna stop? People are gonna get tired. They're not doing anything new. They're all the same. Like that was like what like four years ago. It's still happening now. Yeah, it's still happening. You yeah, hear it every like, now and then. People are still obviously like showing up and they're still going, even though like I may not like one or I might not like the other. I think it's kind of like a testament that these movies are not necessarily failing by any means whatsoever. That it kind of shows that like people really are like connected to these characters. Like there yeah. is a reason why. And granted, I, I firmly believe that just because you make a movie about like a superhero doesn't mean it's going to be like successful now. Yeah, look at Hellboy. Yeah, you have Hellboy. Did anyone, sorry, did anyone see Hellboy? It's on. No? That's, exactly. I okay, yeah. It's on the red box. Great monster effects. Just look up the monster stuff on YouTube, and you're like, this movie looks like the best thing ever. Don't, Don't watch, watch it. Movie, watch anyway, it. sorry, Andrew. No, it's fair, but it's kind of odd because I think, and also a big testament to this as well, and I'm not... Because I love Spielberg, I love Scorsese. I'm, not, I'm really not trying to like bring them down whatsoever. Because they're a little bit more traditional. That they've come from a different generation. That a lot of the majority of comic book movies nowadays, that's where you see. And I think other blockbusters are starting to slowly catch on that. Like, hey, that's we need to do this because people like this. They have like the majority of like diverse representation in huge movies. And I think obviously people want to see that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe what do you guys think? Like obviously. Black Panther was I think, successful, not only because it was a good movie, but because it's an all-black cast. Yeah. I mean, black Fast and, and Furious movies got very popular, and I, yes. I like I like yes. a lot of them a lot, but they got very popular because they had like a diverse cast before that was like in, you know? No, and even absolutely. if it is like a little corporately cynical to be like, well, this is popular over here, let's take it. It's not a bad thing to get popular, I don't <laughs> think, you know? Like, more, more of that, for sure. Yeah, and when you look, and again, like, I said, who, I think I tweeted this, and like, I honestly, I was not trying to start a fight, but like, I was like, this, it is kind of interesting to think, and I'm really not trying to start a fight, you know, something like I am, but I'm not. I'm ready to go. But, like. <laughs> I'll fight right now. And it's, you can't choose black, and it's a little bit unfair, but like, let's say something like The Eternals, that's not even out yet, but it's coming out, that has, that movie alone, and you're probably right, there is some kind of corporate aspect to it, but that movie alone has more diversity not only in my cast but the crew behind the scenes than probably all the Blake Scorsese's like filmography. Probably, yeah. Probably. And I think that's, that's uh, an interesting point because like someone or not someone a lot of people clown like Sofia Coppola and Greta Gerwig for their like they make movies about rich white women often or like Lady Bird's not about that but um, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of like their, their thing and you know I, I get the complaint but I've also seen Lost in Translation, which I, think, which I think is a terrific movie. The race stuff is not a positive in that. It's a little kind of, you know, I pull my, my collar a little bit. Like, I don't know if that aged that well, like, immediately after I saw it. One of my favorite movies ever, but, you know, nothing's perfect. And so sometimes if they can't, like, get it or do it, even if they try to learn, I'm, I'm kind of okay with not everyone trying it out if they're just going to fall flat on their face with it, too, mm -hmm. you know? We should be pro-diversity and everything, and I, I will always champion that, just in very specific cases. If someone just straight up can't, like, do it right, maybe take, take five, go, go over there. Like, remember Matt Damon? Yeah. Everyone remembers Matt Damon. <laughs> but, like, he was, like, always very outspoken about um, 
like, I don't think diversity is that, like, important or whatever. <laughs> like, in certain situations, we're calling out weird stuff, and he listened to a very good publicist, apparently, <laughs> took five, and now he's coming back, and now everyone likes Matt Damon again. I like Matt Damon again, you know? I don't... I, I just think that's also an important thing to learn. Let people learn. If people are too dumb to learn, that's okay. Don't... You just go to your corner. I'll, I'll check it out when I get the chance. Yeah, well, I you, do. Oh, well, if you don't learn, maybe don't fall on your face or... <laughs> yeah. I fall on my face every day. That's why I think I'm, I'm like a great student of life. I don't know. I, I, I might just be failing uh-huh. at everything. I do agree with uh, Andrew that it is diversity. And I do think that now that these dogs are no dogs, now that these movies are no longer underdogs, <laughs> yeah. and now that they are um, like the number one highest grossing films and they're popular and everyone wants to do them, I do believe now that, uh, and it's purely business purposes, that's why they're becoming more diverse. I do think it's business first and foremost always. Uh, but I do think now that they have a safe platform, now they can jump off and do all these like sub stories and B-list characters. Like, and I when I was a kid, I never would have thought there would be a Doctor Strange movie, but there is a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, not only that, there's like ten Doctor Strange right outside this window right now, <laughs> yeah. like downstairs. And like, I never thought there would be a Black Panther, and I thought never thought there would be a Mister Terrific on Arrow. Like, I never thought I would see characters like that. And I think now that there's a strong platform, they no longer are the underdog. And we've already had multiple Captain America movies with that bomb one in the 80s. And, um, <laughs> I think it's cool now that we get to do diversity because now they have to come up, they have to come up with other things that's going to get them money. So it is helping diversity, even if it comes from a rich-backed mentality. It's money. But I still think it's cool. And I do think that is a positive side to these things uh, being pretty easy to make now. Yeah, and for myself, I, I did mention at the top of this that I'd been getting a little cynical about it, for the record, they all know, but I did not like Avengers Endgame, I didn't like Spider-Man Far From Home. That. Really? Yeah. No. I was yelling with Gene about it all the time, that's fine, it's fine, whatever, it's later. Um, I did like Captain Marvel a lot, though, that one really caught me off guard, I thought it looked kind of tame, and you I was like, Shazam? this is terrific. Oh, I loved Shazam. Shazam was great. I like them. I'm surprised. The ones I like were both the Captain Marvel movies, like, a <laughs> lot. And Glass, but I think that one's a little more divisive than other stuff, too. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I went back to watch the first Captain America, because that's been my favorite Captain America for ever. I think that's a terrific movie outside of the Marvel stuff, too. Like, Winter Soldier, also terrific, but uh, the first Avengers kind of... I like pulp adventure stuff, so that one fits, like, my... That's a very Diego thing for me. Uh, and then I watched the original Avengers, just kind of like getting the mindset for this again, because I was kind of like, this will be the last time I ever talk about this on a podcast, I think, for at least for a long time. And uh, just watching those movies, I was like, oh yeah, these are like good. Not all of them, <laughs> obviously. I will, I-, I can go to bat for why Avengers Endgame really disappointed me. But uh, they're like really good movies, and generally they have really well-written characters, really inspiring narratives about people coming into, like, terms with who, you, who they are, you know, and, like, being able to outgrow, like, flaws and, like, conflict, and I don't know, it's just, sometimes the zeitgeist can get to you a little bit, whether you're on Twitter or just, like, talking to people who don't like these things, it can kind of shift your perspective a little bit, and I don't know, this, this is, I'm very glad, happy I get to do this, like, we're not even done yet, we have, like, another half hour basically but I was just I was just very happy to revisit these and realize that no no these things things can still be good you know and uh, even if there's a little corporate cynicism in all of this and 
It's like, yeah, they're just doing it to make money. Sometimes art can come from things that aren't always from a positive place, you know? Like, we all know Kevin Feige's, like, running the ship over at Marvel and stuff like that, and regardless of my feelings of all his work in these movies, he's very clearly good at getting movies made, and that's, like, a very important job for a producer. So, I don't know, that was just... just want to take time to, to kind of look back at that. Like, at the end of all this, I will be glad that it happened, because I have a handful of movies that I really love and appreciate, and that will always hold a very special place in my heart. Specifically Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, though. That one, I think, will stand the test of time for me the most. So, like, looking back at all this for the panel, and then I want to kind of, like, hop back and forth from you guys. Uh, so you're in the MCU, DCU, whatever. Like, you're, you're in the same universe as the characters we talked about. What do you... Do you think they, they will leave the world better off than when they started their gig? Like, Spider-Man's dead now, Batman's dead now, Daredevil's dead now, Captain America's dead now. After all they've done, do you think that their little journey was uh, made the world a better place? I think so. For, you know, for MCU, um, yeah, I mean, besides Tony not taking away those five years, leaving them where everyone was traumatized. Do you, but... want, do you, do you want to get into that? No. Would, would everyone here kill me if I explained why I hate Avengers Endgame? Probably. <laughs> My man, yes, thank you. Okay, well, we'll talk about this first. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, speaking for the MCU, they really were at least held, they held themselves accountable for their actions. I mean, the, you know, Civil War wasn't the best movie, but at least, like, Captain America, you know, feels a regret over making mistakes, tries to make amends. I mean, doesn't always do it the best way, but, you know, in that movie, they're trying to, almost like confront, you know, they leave some casualty, they leave casualties and at least they confront it and they, they own up to it for the most part. Um, and, you know, they're hanging out with people, you know, Hulk's taking selfies with people in diners, dabbing. Are we <laughs> pro-Hulk dabbing here? Because I didn't I, I, I hated like Hulk dabbing. Yes. I kind of liked it. I just, I'm not I don't know, this guy. just felt like a very Mark Ruffalo thing to me, so I was like, I like that part, and then the movie kept going and I was like, oh. Uh, Cruz. Um, when it comes to Daredevil, uh, I feel like he's such a local level street hero that, yeah, I do feel like he made a difference. He probably, um, he helped a lot of families and a lot of people that didn't have that balance of justice that he knows doesn't always exist for them. So yeah, I think on a small scale he did, for sure. Uh, when it comes to like the MC or the DC, like, did people die? Yes. Could have they probably not have died? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it depends. But I think it's going to sound corny, but I don't really want to sound corny, but any world where there's just like slightly, just like a teeny tiny bit more like hope than there was before makes it better than, than what it was when it wasn't that. Even if it's like 1% more hope or like happiness that wasn't there before, it's obviously going to be better than the one that, that was like at zero. So yeah. I'm going to say yes. I would also say the same, specifically for Spider-Man, because... Mm -hmm. I like the, the street-level heroes the most, and I, again, like I mentioned, he's the one that kind of, like, captures that the best, I think, because he's not rich like Bruce Wayne. He usually has to make all of his stuff. That's I'm not against the interpretation <laughs> in the MCU, but I think he's lost something special if he's if uh, uh, Tony just, Stark is yeah. his Uncle Ben. They just give him things. If he just gets things, like, like why, 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 does, why does he go to Europe in his second movie? That's so weird. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try not to rant. It's just okay. I, don't, I don't get... Movies, I guess. Tell them the Suspiria. 
Oh, okay. So did everyone watch Far From Home? Okay, so you know J.B. Smoove in that movie, how he's just like convinced that witches are doing all the Mysterio stuff? Did everyone here watch Suspiria? Okay, so my, my headcanon, this, there's nothing to prove me wrong either, is that he saw Suspiria in 2018, right? After this, like the snap happens in the universe, whatever, that movie still gets made in this, right? And so then when they go to Europe, in the back of his mind, he's like, it was just a movie, it was just a movie. Then all this weird shit starts happening, and he's like, witches, like it's happening. Suspiria is like real. So that, I don't know, that was just, that was just my head. Can't you have to ask J.B. Smoove that? J.B. Smoove's terrific, and he has nothing to do in that movie. I'm like talking about how important <laughs> these movies are, and then I'm like, yeah, but fuck them. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I still think that at the end of all this, though, it'll, it'll be worth it. It's not going to last forever. I, I think this next round of Marvel movies, people are going to kind of start dropping off. And I don't even think they'll be bad. I just think, like, Endgame happened. It brought yeah. everyone together, whether or not you did like it. Most people seem to, and that's okay. I'm not going to fight anybody against that. But, I don't know, I mean, let's, let, anybody have any comments or questions? What, what superhero movies you, you, you're interested in, like, coming up? Because, what's up, Bobby? Question for all of you. If there's one character that hasn't been made into a film, a uh, superhero or supervillain, what would it be? Ooh. You can start right to left. Ragman. Oh, Does anyone man. know Ragman? He loves Ragman. <laughs> the one from Ra- I, I love Ragman. Uh, specifically the one from Arrow. I love Ragman as a character, but uh, he's just a dude who, he's a Jewish dude who wears magical rags that let him fly around like Spider-Man, and they're like imbued with the spirits of the lives they've taken, which is a little dark for me. I wouldn't, I, I like the Arrow version because it's like, oh, there's a spirit like of my ancestors like from generation to generation. That's kind of cool. But, you know, his name's Ragman, and they're not going to make a movie about a dude named Ragman. So yeah. that, that's definitely fine. Um, I would love to see Man-Bat on the big screen because everyone's like just not man bat everyone everyone's trying to make Batman grounded but just be fantastical it's just a wait did giant you say bat- everyone's trying to dig on, on oh no I said <laughs> everyone's trying to like dish out like make it like grounded realistic oh okay okay yeah. I thought you were saying like people were like attacking him and like oh, no man maybe Every, yeah, yeah I hope so and I would really hope they do Mr. Freeze again I do I do kind of like Arnold as Mr. Freeze because like I think like, Arnold was, like, had a cosmic brain moment where it's like, this movie's going to be a camp classic. I'm just going to, like, ham it up, do all my one-liners, smoke my cigar, even though I'm in, like, this, like, freezer. He's like, I think he's generally good in that movie. I don't know about that. But I like him. I like, I like Arnold, him. yeah. I'll see Terminator. Does Just for him. Will you? Okay. I will, yeah. They spent $200 million in the new Terminator movie. Yeah. That, they're not going to make that back. He wasn't a great governor, but... I think he's a good Terminator. Uh, no, I, I, he's not the problem I have with that franchise. <laughs> Cruz. Um, Sandman. Uh, Morpheus. He's DC, right? He counts. Neil Gaiman's um, Sandman. Uh, I think visually we're there. After watching Doctor Strange, we can make his world happen visually. Plus his sister is the shit. That is awesome. So I should um, read that comic. We should. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my dreams. I'm sure. Uh, kind of hopping off Gene, this isn't like to dig at Joker, I didn't hate the movie, but um, watching that movie, it kind of like brought me back as to how much I miss like Batman lore, because I haven't, and like to me, I haven't seen any, on film at least, there's been mm-hmm. a bunch like in like literature, but I haven't seen anything in film that gave me the same fantastical feeling since like the Burden movies, and like... The dark, it's not their flight, it's not Joker's fault, it's not the Nolan trilogy's fault, because they're not trying to do that whatsoever, so I'm not going to pin that against them. But it'd be great to see, like, really oddball characters like Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. or, like, 
like calendar man like mm -hmm. like and like hopefully like in the new because they're really like this like wonky and like there's no like they're not gonna work in like a Gotham City that just looks like Los Angeles, Chicago, yeah. or New York. Like they're gonna like they would work in like the like the Gotham that looks like more like the animated series. Like something mm -hmm. fantastical, like weird, like more gothic okay. imagery. Yeah. Yeah, like because like we're gonna get like another Batman again, like it sounds like really tiring, but like I wanna see more like weird like I don't wanna see Joker again. Right. I wanna see Mr. Freeze, but I wanna like see like what this what the Spider Man movies are doing, like giving characters that have never been done like their time. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, the same yeah. like who would have thought Mysterio? Like, Mad had a movie where right. she's just putting LSD and Batman's like water the entire movie. Messing with him. Oh, that'd be terrific. And I wanna see Gotham with like a red sky, you know? Yeah. It's got like really weird and all the blimps. Bat Batman begins gets close, I think. You know, like the movies aren't again, like you said, they're not trying to do that, so you can't really beef them for that, but like the the Gotham City in Batman Begins kind of looks like Blade Runner. Like, it's always raining in the Narrows. There's, like, steam coming out of everywhere. It's like there's this monorail. It looks like it's from either the future or the 1920s. <laughs> you don't really know. Like, that's cool. I want to see more of that, you know. But, again, like, if the movie's trying to do that. Like, Joker, I thought, actually, the look of Gotham in that, it's not what I would look for, but mm. it's, like, it's a very specific look, and I can at least, like, appreciate that yeah. going forward. Like giant rats. Uh, I think we have to wrap up very soon. But any other comments, questions, concerns, anything? What's up, Daredevil? You're my favorite. Um, does the power disparity between your heroes and your villains change uh, how you consider the no-kill rules? So do you have someone like Thor or Superman versus some street-level thug versus Daredevil or Batman, no powers? Mm. Does that change the, the equation as to whether or not killing is a viable option? Yes. Hell yeah. For Superman, yeah. I would actually say less viable. Yeah. Because yeah. of how powerful he is. And, yeah. well, I guess it That's depends also. Yeah. Like, if he's fighting, like, Darkseid, I'd be like, y y stop, stop him. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> um, but yeah. if he's fighting, like, Lex Luthor, right. I, I, I get not yeah. going too far. Right. It's a human being versus, like, an almighty God. being. Mm -hmm. You know? Or, like, yeah. Thor fights, like, weird space monsters. Like, yeah, whatever. Chop him up. Dude. Yeah. He's got an axe now. Yeah, we got, we got one more. But if you guys want to hop in really quick, I was like, just gonna uh, say, like Superman always finds a way. He's that powerful. Yeah. He's At the end of the day, he's a written character. Yeah, so you could like write whatever you want. Just make <laughs> it interesting. He also can't afford to be that powerful and make those choices. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a good thing too. Yeah, I, I like that point a lot. Not everyone can escape the confines of like a situation. So yeah, yeah that's I like that. I would say that these things are complicated and you actually see this in the new Star Wars trilogy and I know this is kind of like divisive but I think it's done a very good job of establishing that the heroes of their original story are still the heroes of their original story that doesn't mean that they always have the best interests moving forward or know how to like adapt to what's going on next. Like, there's a reason the First Order came back, you know? So I think, at the end of the day, it's all complicated, and he also, he let Terry McGinnis become Batman, you know? Like, the next generation carries on the fight in a different way. Uh, this guy in the booster had a question, though, really quick. So I, like, when it comes to superheroes killing, it's like, I feel that they should all have that aspiration, 
and I love it when someone with no powers like Batman comes up with fun ways to stop villains and get them off the streets. Um, and I like that he has that aspiration. But like when you have villains like Joker uh, keep coming back and killing people, or like uh, Kingpin season three, he killed so many people. Oh, no, spoilers. Just spoilers. We're watching oh. out for the, the other okay. people's... <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I didn't, I didn't spoil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to say that, because I, I kind of want to hop around to other questions, I would actually agree with that. You know, like, the Joker's like, the Joker, you know? Like, he didn't... Like, oh, sorry, Commissioner, I couldn't find him. He's, like, in a ditch somewhere. Like, <laughs> I, that I, I completely get. The Joker. Uh, this guy had his hand up first. Yeah, what about, like, the ethics behind, like... Children in movies, like let's say, like the Brightburn kid mm-hmm. is like fighting Superman. How would that work out? Uh, well, mm. well, yeah. I saw that movie. That's a really good question, actually. It, it's uh, you see something like that would make a really good, like, like story. Like when I brought up, like you gotta find stories, like what you just said, like or ideas of what you just said. You gotta learn how to play with that. But even like now, you got me thinking, like damn. But I would still try. If I'm writing that story, I would try my best not to kill the kid because he's a kid, and I wouldn't want like the faces like the next like book of Superman having killing a child. But and being that child being super evil and like, being like no saving at like the point of no return, I you can probably write away or find a way because you can never do anything because you're writing these characters like there's no limitations of having still of still killing that kid without it really being like Superman like snapping his neck or something like that. But he could still be done in a way where he's haunted by the fact that he let him die or, or something similar to that. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you got to be mindful of what you're writing. Because if Superman... If you wrote a, a story where Superman had to kill a kid, that's like... Like, yeah, me just saying I felt the room like, oh, shit. So, yeah, you just got to be careful with stuff like that. And then I think the last question here, and I think we have to go after that. Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, really quick, the question was, the question was uh, if there was a superhero show canceled, which one do you bring back? So, Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Yes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. <laughs> Cruise. I already know your answer. <laughs> Wait, what? If there was oh. a superhero show that was canceled that you could bring back, what would it be? Oh, damn, Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> DC better be moving on that, man. <laughs> uh, Dare, Daredevil. Disney. Uh, Disney Plus. Season 3 of Daredevil was just fucking terrific. Kevin Feige. My God. Revive like, it. If I if I was smart enough to like run a class that was teaching television, I'd be like, here's what we're watching like the first week. Don't don't watch the other seasons. Like they're good, they're good too. But mm-hmm. you could learn so much about like structure and pacing and dynamic characters weaving in and out of the narrative and it's all building up and God, that season was just so good. This panel should have been about that season. <laughs> we can talk about the season forever. Thank you so much for coming out. We've been the Waffle Press. I've been your host, Diego Crespo, uh, at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, our Patreon, support the show. We're doing a bunch of other shows over there. I'm doing a, a show with uh, a buddy of mine hopping between the filmographies of Adam Sandler and Steven Spielberg. It's insane. Uh, it is insane. Other plugs, go. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Gene9892. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Cruz W. Castillo. It's the same across the board because I'm dope like that. Um... I also do a podcast. I work for a civil rights organization, uh, the National Hispanic Media Coalition, so I do a podcast for them called Millennials Meet World. You guys should check it out. Um, we talk a lot about some cool stuff and some really dumb stuff because... It's cool stuff. Life is cool and dumb. It's yeah. cool stuff because you and I are on it. Oh, yeah. These guys are on... Uh, NHMC has multiple podcasts. 
um, and they were on, what's it called? Millennials. Millennials Meet World? Your show? Oh, yeah, you were on my show, but I mean, yeah. you guys had your own episode. Uh, your voice. Your, your voice. Yeah. Ones. But yeah, you guys were on my show, but I was trying to plug the other one. No, sorry. But yeah, check it out, Millennials Meet World. It's on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean. I don't know, it's on all those. Google it. We're there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at AndrewJ626, like Stitch. 626. Uh, besides podcasting with these fellows, I'm also a writer and critic. I do work for Geeks of Color and another page you guys might know because we're slowly building up called Discussing Film. You guys like talking about movies, comics, I go to conventions, festivals, we do that stuff year-round. So more discourse there, healthy discourse, by the way. I don't want to fight anyone, but <laughs> if you come at me. Yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, let's all just be nice. We all appreciate the same zeitgeist, the same characters, the same worlds. So thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun, and thank you all for being very... Uh, Engaging. Engaging, thank you. Yeah, my brain's fried. Yeah, thank you so much.